Welcome to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome, Geek Vibes Nation, to a another episode of. No, this isn't another episode. This is the first time we've ever done this. Welcome to a new show that we have that will be, you know, every now and then. Every now and mm-hmm. then. We call this Geek Review. Uh, today we will be breaking down Thor Ragnarok. All the likes and dislikes, and then we'll even give you guys a rating on, uh, on Thor Ragnarok. Um, Dane, I'm going to start with you, man. Uh, a lot of things, you even left me a message before I even saw Ragnarok on your thoughts uh, on this movie. So we'll with, uh, what were some of your likes on uh, Thor 3, a.k.a. Thor Ragnarok? Well, Juwan, I'm feeling like a angry badger that just sat in a nice little nest of uh, fire ants. This should be interesting. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's go into the likes of Thor Ragnarok. And if anyone's worried out there, I like the damn movie. Okay, so just chill out. I enjoyed it. And we're going to get into some of the things I liked about it. Um, one of the first things I'll say that I liked about it was the editing, directing, and visuals uh, from Taika Waititi uh, that he presented within the movie. Uh, the colors, uh, the 80s, you know, might have not been necessary based on the fact that there was nothing 80s-oriented, but I liked the the uh, the um, throwback to such movies as Flash Gordon and, and other movies of that type of concept where it was very visual, it was very beautiful, and um, I really loved the planet, uh, Planet Hulk, if you will, uh, Scar or whatever the hell its name is. Um, I thought it was a very, very cool concept. It reminded me a little bit of, uh, what was that movie with the robot from Disney, the animated one, uh, where, you know... Wally. Sucks. Wally, yeah, yeah, much like that existence, if you will, like a wasteland. Um, but it was very, very cool. I loved everything over in Asgard. Um, I loved the villain. Hela was awesome, uh, played by Camp Lanchette. The thing is, I, I can't tell if she was awesome or if, you know, it's Cape Lanchette, so every time she was on it, I, I feel like they didn't show her as much as I wish that they did or she didn't have a lot to do within the movie. But she was awesome regardless. Uh, to me, um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, the Hulk, can't remember the actor's name right now for the life of me, but that's okay. Mark uh, Ruffalo. Hulk, Mark Ruffalo and Valkyrie, played by Tessa Thompson, they stole the show. I think they were some of the best parts of the movie. I loved Hulk. Um, they kind of made him have a little more personality than he has before. But I thought it was very needed. I love Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner. It's parts where when he found out, you know, well, we'll get to that when, when we get to dislikes. But, uh, you know, his two-year hiatus as the Hulk, trim, changing back into Bruce Banner. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's specific stuff. I love the arena stuff. I love Jeff Goldblum. I thought that he was great. Uh, I'm trying to think of more stuff that I definitely liked. Uh, I liked uh, Bishop. I mean, Heendale. Um and how much they give Idris Elba. I thought that they were going to let him have a speech at one point, but he just says one line, but that's all right. You know, maybe we can see him other stuff now that he's done with Thor. But um, 
yeah, I, I, I liked a lot of it. Uh, and I liked Clancy Brown playing Surtur. That was pretty cool to hear him play that role. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and we were talking right before the show. Uh, visuals were definitely a huge thing for me. But before I get into that, Joel, what were your likes of Thor Ragnarok? Uh, well, I'm going to say it was an incredibly fun movie. Everyone was right. Uh, it, it was it was a very entertaining movie at the very least. That's exactly what you can call it. Um, I liked a lot of parts. Like, the action scenes are really well done. I got to see Thor kick some ass um, with Mjolnir, and, and the fight with Surtur in the beginning of the movie, which was really pretty well, – I liked a lot. That was pretty cool. I also enjoyed Clancy Brown and Surtur. I completely forgot it was Clancy Brown and Surtur, so thank you for reminding me. I knew I recognized the voice. I just couldn't peg the – the name on it. I was like, who is that? Mr. I know Krabs. I know that. Ah, 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 ah. Mr. Krabs, uh, yeah, yeah, Lex Luthor. So, yeah, that, I remember that voice. Um, yeah, I, he was awesome. And I liked those visuals uh, of Surtur. Uh, he was a little smaller than I expected to start, obviously. Uh, but that changes later. We're going to get into that later. Um, I enjoyed the use of Thor's power. Like, I liked, uh, like, at first, I wasn't sure how I felt after they broke the Mjolnir and what he's going to do, and that he's actually just the god of thunder, not the god of hammers. So it's just the hammer was just a focusing point for him. But I, I actually enjoyed that part at the end when he just controls it on his body, and maybe we get, uh, you know, Yorn uh, Yorn later in the future. It would be really cool if that, that actually happens. Um, I enjoyed the Hulk like a motherfucker, because this is probably the Hulk I've been waiting for for a very long time, because, like, I'm used to this Hulk more than anything. Because, like, this, the, the Hulk that can talk, but not talk in full sentences. He's kind of like a child almost. I love this Hulk. This Hulk was amazing. And, and they used him amazingly. And Mark Ruffalo did a hell of a job again. Um, I loved uh, the Grandmaster. I, lo- I actually didn't know how I was going to like, um, um, oh, God, what's his name? Um, who, who plays the Grandmaster? Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. I could, I wasn't sure how I was gonna like Jeff Goldblum's portrayal, and I actually ended up. Obviously, it was a funnier portrayal than I expected, but it was it, it worked for me. It really did. I really liked his uh, back and forth with uh, Topaz. I think her name was that. That made me laugh a couple times. Um, also enjoyed Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie. Uh, I have some nitpicks with it, but I, overall, she was a badass and she did a great job. And she pulled off the accent really well. I liked I liked her version of her accent. I liked it. Um, I loved, I, I like the, the Fenrir wolf. I love the way Fenrir, the, the wolf, looked uh, in the movie. I liked Hela. I liked the way she portrayed Hela, even though she probably kind of was a little underutilized, but I did enjoy the visuals for Hela and how they, they she was fucking OP in that fucking movie. So, but, I mean, it was crazy how they used her. It, was, it, was, it reminded me of kind of like how Spawn with his fucking, his cape, and like he was could turn into anything. It's kind of how it felt like she was pulling, like, swords out her ass. It was weird. Um, but it was pretty cool to watch. And I also enjoyed oh, what was that part? That'll come to me. But yeah, I, overall, I did. I had a fun time with the movie. It was, it was a fun time. And then, oh, and Cord. I loved Cord. He was, uh, I didn't know how long oh, yeah. I really enjoyed Cord, too. He was Don't fun. Be he was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> he was cool. So yeah, it was, it was that, those are a couple things that I did like. Throw in there, I also love that they made fun of the lullaby uh, with the Hulk. I thought that was awesome Yay. that they did that. <laughs> yeah, they did. That was pretty funny. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, those are some really great points. Uh, I don't get how you guys left out the greatest part of the entire movie, uh, Matt Damon Batman, playing Loki. Oh, that's Matt right. Matt Damon okay. playing oh. Loki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was right. hilarious. I was wondering who he was, and now we know. Um, I, I will say I was shocked that there was no John Cena. I could have sworn he yeah. was John Cena. Um, I, I, I was they, disappointed. I he's, thought they missed it. He's apparently in it, John. I wouldn't be surprised if he's like Nathan Fillion was for the first movie, where he or for Guardians of the Galaxy, where he might be in makeup as one of those random guys, and we just have no idea. That's what I'm thinking. That's very least. true. That's very true. I mean, a lot of people I'll didn't know see, Daniel Craig was a stormtrooper. Uh, a lot true. of people didn't know Daniel Craig was a stormtrooper, so I could have definitely been something like that. I just thought it would have been great if you had John Cena as Thor and Matt Damon as Loki, just seeing them interact together. Uh, I thought that would have been hilarious, but and, move and on this to, guy was uh, Odin. What's his name? Uh, yeah, damn. I you can't remember his about. name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember his name either. But I know you're talking Grant about. Grant from uh, um, Jurassic Park. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I I really also um, love the visuals. Uh, Valkyrie was amazing. Hulk was amazing. Um, Another thing that I like that not enough people are talking about, and it's mainly because it just came out, but I freaking love that they gave Doctor Strange his yellow gloves, man. Oh, like, yeah, I, I was just yeah, yeah. so in love with that when I saw it. Like, that's all I have I even noticed that. on that entire scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had his yellow gloves on. Um, was I was cool. so hyped with that because I'm like, man, in Infinity War, because since we're past everyone's solo and their origin and their story arcs, we might get as close to comic accurate with some of these costumes in Infinity War than we've ever had before. I think the Russos are paying a lot more attention to, you know, the smallest detail. Because if you remember, the yellow gloves weren't in the end credit scene in uh, Doctor Strange where he was talking to Thor. So it was really they interesting weren't? that, no, they weren't. He didn't have any yellow gloves on. Uh, he had his regular gloves on that he had uh, that movie. So it he was didn't really have gloves interesting on that. Oh, then he didn't have gloves on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought he had other color, colored gloves on. I'm sorry. I apologize. You're right. He didn't have any gloves on. Um, but I thought it was really interesting that Taika, um, you know, uh, wanted to, to, you know, bring bring that out, him with the yellow, his mm-hmm. traditional yellow gloves. Uh, the Sanctum Sanctorum is just so awesome to look at every time I see it. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think what else. Um, I also do like that uh, Thor was able to uh, – harness his powers that's something you we didn't even really see that often in the comics uh because mm-hmm. he usually always had uh a weapon to conduct it through so to see him conduct it through his own body was pretty cool uh, i love that yep. you brought up that line joel because that was possibly one of my favorite lines of the movie are you the god of hammers <laughs> or or what are you the god of so i thought that yeah. was a really great line to kind of tell him like um, you know, I, I never made the hammer so the hammer could be your strengths. I made the hammer so you had a positive way to conduct your powers. Um, you know, you could use that as the instrument rather than having to, you know, just zap people by shaking their hands or something. You could harness it through the hammer. Um, so I really I really did love that line. Uh, Surter was amazing. Um, Clancy Brown wasn't given enough for me to put him in the, the category of, best Marvel villains, but man, he showed you that if he was given some more, Surtur could have really, really, really been uh, uh, a huge force 
in that movie. Uh, but I love what Clancy Brown was able to bring to, to that role with what he was given. It kind of reminds me of how James Spader should have been used a lot differently as Ultron, but yeah, I'm not going to get into that. But I really enjoyed um, uh, Sir um, a lot. Hella, like I said, was amazing. And the biggest thing to me that I liked was not only was Hulk talking, but he was acting like a child. And I loved that. I loved him having those little temper tantrums uh, when him and Thor were talking, uh, him pouting. I I just loved everything they did with the Hulk. And now that he can talk, that just makes that character even more uh, fun to, you know, to see going forward. But my last thing of, of my likes before we move on to dislikes, I loved the redeeming story they were trying to develop with Loki. Um, to where you kind of felt sorry for him, uh, something that they kind of made you feel in the first one, to where they made you feel sorry for Loki so much in the first one, you kind of forgot that he was actually the villain of that first movie. Um, So I like how you kind of saw Loki looking like he could possibly become a good guy. But we all know when when it comes time, Loki's going to be who Loki is. And that's the god of mischief. Um, but I really did enjoy what Tom Hiddleston continues to bring to this character. It's always something new, always something refreshing. It's never stale. I really enjoyed what he brought as, as Loki in a movie that it could have just been him just being purely comical. No, no drama, you know, not him actually really acting, just him just throwing jokes out there. I like that he was able to, um, you know, give us a, a bunch of different looks on, on Loki. Uh, something that we really didn't see in the comics, like, at all. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Uh, Can I say one thing? I'm one thing? Get... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Before we move on, uh, I yeah, did also, no, I caught something. I don't know if they did it on purpose, but I, I know it stood out to me. And it was a little thing. It was a little, uh, oh my, I don't know if it was a nod or anything, but that, that moment that um, Thor meets Korg, and he asks him what he is, he says, I'm a thing. And that I'm like, oh, a thing? That's pretty funny. It's kind of like a kind of I I don't know if I maybe I took it too much out of context, but the fact that a rock creature called, just called himself a thing was pretty cool to me. Oh, <laughs> I get you, I get you, I get you. Yeah, I I can see that. Yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I didn't pay that much attention to it, but now that you're saying it, that is that is kind of funny. Uh, I'm telling you guys, man, Fantastic Four is Phase Four. But anyway, uh, Dane, cry. What are, I'll let you kick off. What were your dislikes of this movie? All right. Well, before I go into some negative stuff, I want to give one more positive. Um, the battle scenes with Led Zeppelin, Immigrant Song, Badass. Uh, also, just the, the fighting scenes in general were awesome. Okay, let me shoot on this movie a little bit. Um, like I said, I like this movie. It's probably going to be my top ten Marvel films. Um, but I don't think it's one of the strongest ones. Uh, I think it was the best sequel to Guardians of the Galaxy that we've gotten so far. Um, I thought it was a little bit too hokey sometimes. Uh, I thought it was a very funny movie. I laughed out loud a lot, but I didn't necessarily need it to be so in-your-face funny for a majority of the time. I like having fun. I like having a good time. I love entertainment. You know, but we've established movies like Logan like Civil War, uh, like The Dark Knight, you know, several other movies where it shows the progression of comics, comic movies being taken a little bit more serious. And I still love the fun movies like The Avengers. But it seems now 
that Marvel is under the impression and something that people were worried about from the beginning with Disney buying up Marvel, that they have to be a certain, you know, kiddish style, very, very funny, easygoing. Um, I mean, even though I like Doctor Strange, they kind of did it with that movie. Uh, I love Spider-Man, but that was heavily with Sony involved. So, you know, there's that, although I have to believe Kevin Feige controlled the whole entire ship on that. But still, I just feel like the thing with this movie, me realizing that I felt like some of the substance of the plot didn't really have a lot of uh, impact on anything. It's like even when they destroyed Asgard, we're talking about the beginning of the film, and maybe he did have the Twilight Sword, maybe he didn't. But Thor starts us off by talking to the audience Deadpool style and explains what's going on. We have no reason why he's here, which is fine. It was, it was funny, decent way to start off. And then he kicks Surther's ass within two seconds, takes off, rips off his helmet, and that's it. Later on, just as a distraction so that Valkyrie can stab Hela, they bring Surther back, and maybe he was putting the thing in the internal flames – you know, there wasn't a lot of explanations. All of a sudden, Surther was way bigger than he was beforehand and completely destroying Asgard. And they're on the Bifrost Bridge, and it seems like I said it was just so that Hela would be distracted for a second so that, you know, Valkyrie could come up and stab her. I thought that some of the parts where they had Thor just like a stooge, like, you know, like a Benny Hill skit where he's falling over a bunch, it just wasn't necessary. And one of the things that really bothered me was Bruce Banner wakes up, from being the Hulk for two years, you get that information, and we know how Banner is in these movies, and it's like there's no type of emotional reaction at all. And I'm not asking for much. I'm just saying to have consistency within your films. And I love Marvel, but you don't have to go super funny. I just think, and I wish that even DC with not being too dark or being too dark, just make good films. That's all that matters. I mean, it's funny that I'm using Fox as an example, but they made Deadpool and Logan very different. And yes, Marvel has done that, and DC is now doing that too. But what I'm just saying is worry about the films and not having a specific tone for your movies. And I just thought that they kind of try to pull laughs a little bit too much. Uh, it kind of took me out of the film at points. Um, I still like the characters. I just wouldn't – I'm not going to be over the moon about this movie. I'm not going to pretend that I loved it. So, yeah, I'm sure I'm going to think of more things I didn't like while you guys talk about it. But – to me, that was the main thing that bothered me. Uh, yeah, you definitely have a, um, you know, have a point with a lot of what you were saying. I will say, I, I believe I could definitely be wrong, so it's not me correcting you at all. It's just, I, I think this is what I remember from it. I thought Surter said, um, being on Asgard uh, is what would make him stronger. So maybe that's why he was as huge as he was. Um, maybe Asgard fueled him the same way it did Hela, Thor, and, and, and Loki. Um, but I could be wrong. Maybe he didn't say that, but I thought he said that at the beginning where he was telling him about the importance of, of why he needed to get to Asgard to, to destroy it all. I thought, I thought it was him basing it off of Asgard made him stronger, and that's why he was that big. But I will say this. Um, it wasn't clearly explained because if it was, we wouldn't be having this conversation because we both would have picked up on it. Yep. So obviously it wasn't I, I agree. explained. My question is if that's the case, what was the point? Like the whole thing, like they show in the movie, My bit, one of the things that just boggles my mind at the end 
is they make it look like at first they're going to use Surly to go against Hello, but then it uses it more of like a distraction so Valkyrie can come in with the knife. I, I just, uh, some of that type of stuff. And honestly, at the beginning, he could have said that. Uh, you know, I might have been spacing out a little bit, but you're probably right. I hope that they have that in there. I hope so, too, because uh, I didn't, like I said, I like to see these movies uh, twice before I dive that deep into it, because there's a lot of things when you see it the first time that you might not have picked up on, so that second time is for you to clean up a little bit on some things that Agreed. you might have missed. But like I said, if he didn't say it, then yeah, I'm as, I'm as upset as you are that that wasn't ever explained. Um, you know, because you can't just be like, yeah, no, this guy is, is this tall, but then, you know... He's here on Asgard, and now he's even taller. No need for an explanation. Um, I will say uh, one of the things that threw me for a loop was Hela when she was in the weapons vault, her knocking the gauntlet on the floor and saying it's a fake. Um, I guess that was a tongue-in-cheek way of uh, them letting us know that whenever we see the second Infinity Gauntlet, it's not that one. Uh, because she had no need to lie. She was in the, the weapons hall with Scourge. You know, there was no one else around. So you assume her saying it's a fake um, was a genuine statement. Now, to the things I, I didn't like before I passed it to you, Joel, because um, my memory's bad, so I don't want to forget it. So that's where I want to go. Um, I did not like the the whole reasoning. Like, why didn't Odin tell Thor of, um, everything that happens. Thor, from what I got from Thor in the first movie, he's a guy that loves fighting, that loves war. He wasn't this guy that was all strung up on peace and, and unity throughout Asgard and the other nine realms. He was the protector, but this was a guy who loved to fight and would fight by any means necessary. So you would think he would love those old war stories of his father just wrecking shit uh, in the name of Asgard. So I didn't really get that. Uh, 100%, I didn't really fully understand that. Um, Scourge completely was unnecessary to this movie. I personally only ever liked Scourge when he was with Enchantress. That was his actual purpose. I don't think he was needed in this movie at all. And then for him to kind of, you know, dip his toe in becoming a bad guy and then fully become redeemed, by the, like it just it 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 was it was misplaced and it was unnecessary. Um, Wait to call Urban. To, say it again. I said it was a waste of Carl Urban. Oh yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I definitely thought he was going to start off as a villain, um, and then you know end the movie as a villain that we could possibly hopefully maybe see later on. Um, that was a complete waste of his character. Sure, don't I, you I, think? Don't you think? They could have easily just put him on that ship to set him up for later to meet the Enchantress, and then they could have done that later on, even with the Master of Evil or something. I, I just didn't understand why he died. Like, what was even the point? No one cared about him. I mean, I'll say this. I'll say this. Marvel does a really good job of masking bad villains with really great visuals, really great scenes, so you're not paying attention to how poorly they're treating their villains. I mean, this is another movie, if we don't see Hell again, if, if, that wasn't enough for me. Like, Kate Blanchett as Hella, I needed to see more. Like, I needed more scenes of her. I needed more scenes of her showing how power she, powerful she is, 
how much hatred she has for Ag. I just needed a little bit more. And then Surter, Clancy Brown is Surter. You're telling me you can't give him a, a bigger purpose, especially because Ragnarok is mainly heavily involving Surter. We could just get a little bit more of him. Um, you know, I never felt like the stakes were were high enough in this movie. Like the stakes weren't that high. I think that I think I came to that conclusion because of how many funny lines there were in this movie that it didn't seem like the stakes were high. Like like Dane pointed out in Age of Ultron, the jokes were at a minimum. And you know, when it came down to wow, if we don't really, you know, take this series and band together, Ultron's going to use this as a crater to try to destroy Earth. You know, and it just, it didn't seem, you know, the stakes were high in that, and it felt like the stakes were high. This just didn't. And I even said when we talked about this movie last year, like I, like I said uh, earlier, I needed a meaningful death. And Odin dying just wasn't a meaningful death. And when you, when you use the, the title Ragnarok, that's the death of everything. And for that to be the title of your movie and only one person truly dies, I, I, I don't get that. I, I don't get it. Um, and this is not me saying the movie was horrible or anything. I definitely enjoyed this way more than I enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2. Um, so I'm by no means Agreed. saying this was a bad movie or a horrible movie. We're just stating what we didn't like and how it could have been better and how the comedy could have been trimmed down a little bit. Um, trying to think of what else I, I, I didn't like. Um, I, I think that's it. I think they could have done a little better by, by Valkyrie, uh, but I'm hoping she maybe gets, uh, uh, some more badass scenes in Infinity War, uh, cause we know she's going to be in it. So I just thought they could have like action wise, like you showed that whole amazing epic visual of the Valkyries versus Hela. And then when you get to the final battle, She's shooting from a, uh, you know, a Gatlet gun, and then she's like having a few action scenes here and there. I just thought she could have been used in action scenes a lot more, especially being the Valkyrie and someone that we were saying we'd be comfortable with replacing Thor down the road. After seeing just a little bit I saw of her, I don't know if I've come to that conclusion yet. I, maybe I see more in Infinity War, um, but that's all I can think of for right now. I'm sure something will will jog my memory at some point. But Joel, what were your dislikes? Um, I don't have as many plot uh, issues because I probably have to watch it again because I didn't really pick up on a lot of those little things that you guys picked up on. I would have to like watch it again, or at least it didn't affect me as much as you guys, it affected you guys. Um. My my issues like I wasn't a huge fan of how they 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 kind of did the Warriors three dirty. I mean they died real quick. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of like blink and you'll miss them. I'm like I'm I'm pretty happy that uh, uh, Zachary Levi's gonna be somebody because he was barely in that movie. <laughs> he had like a blink and you'll miss him type of moment. Him and um, Bullstag, um, Ray Stevenson, they were in and out. Oh, and then at least Hogan got. Yeah, it was kind of a waste for them. But, but whatever, it was a cameo death. Uh, that sucks for me, but whatever. Uh, also, uh, at least Hogan got some play at the end. He stood up and fought and even survived to the end, at least with, all, with the army. And he got some play, but even then he just got, wow. That's what I mean. Like, she was just so powerful. She was just going through everyone. Um, what else? I, I thought the, the CGI had some moments, for me at least, where it kind of was a little jagged, and it kind of looked like it was vibrating in certain scenes, where it kind of threw me off. I was like, I don't know, CGI seems a little choppy to me. 
Um, at least in the beginning. And towards the like the middle and the end, didn't, I didn't really notice that. But in the beginning, it, uh, the CGI was a little weird for me. But it wasn't terrible. But I, but, it, but it did throw me off. Um, Valkyrie. I liked Valkyrie. I love the way she portrayed Valkyrie. I just wish she more more or less aesthetically looked like the Valkyrie I, I, I know from the comic books. Like the braid. Just the braid. That's all I really needed, the braid, just to look like the Valkyrie aesthetically. Like, I don't care what race she is. I just, like, the braid is a big part of her look, and they didn't really, they played on it a little bit. Like, I think you saw a braid in uh, the flashback scene with the other Valkyrie that sacrificed herself to, to protect um, Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie, and she looked more like the Valkyrie that we know from the comics, but at least that's what I mean. Like, she had a, a braid. And that, that part, I know it's a little nitpick, but that part, I mean, I wish they could have at least gave us that. And her giant-ass sword, which I think the reason you didn't get her sword, her big sword that we know of, is because you have um, Heimdall and his giant-ass sword, and that being a key to the, really the movie was because Hela wants that damn sword. I, I am happy, though, that, that uh, Heimdall got some play in this movie, and they they used his power pretty cool in a different way that we we haven't seen. That was pretty cool. But, yeah, I just, I mean, that little aesthetic bothered me. Um, aside from that, I didn't really have any major complaints. I mean, I had, again, all, all the problems I had were very little. Um, I, the, the comedy took me a while to get into, like, in the beginning. Like, I, I, it, it was kind of off-putting, especially in the beginning when he was talking to the camera. <laughs> I'm like, who's he talking to? He's talking to the fucking skeleton inside the cage with him. But either way, it was just a little weird and like him. What really bothered me is when he's talking to Surtur and he's turning, and it was just this silly like hold on, hold on, like wait till I finish turning. It was funny, but it was it just took a while to get used to the comedy they were trying to input. But once I get the movie started and we got into the flow of it, it kind of I didn't really it didn't really affect me the rest of the way. But it was silly. Like there was one point he threw a ball at the the window. I don't know if he expected it to break, but it smacked him right in the face. It was really funny. The, the the audience loved it, but I thought it was kind of like slapstick. And I'm like probably a little too much in this movie. But aside from that, I mean, I really I enjoyed the rest of it. I didn't really hate anything. Um, I don't have um, any major like, anger towards anything in particular. Unless you guys point out something that I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't like that either. But at, at the moment, that's all I got. Um, yeah, no, I, I can kind of understand that. I will say as far as the comedy, uh, who I went with, when the audience was laughing, we just weren't laughing. We didn't, we didn't really think it was that funny. Um, so that's why I said the comedy for me could have been dialed down like halfway, kind of, because just for a lot, like if you, if you were to tell me going into that movie, a lot of the comedy was from the Hulk, I'd accept it. Because the comedy that they use with the Hulk fit. It fit. It just did. Um, But everything else was just kind of like, eh, uh, uh, okay, all right, you know. Like I said, this isn't Marvel's worst. Right. But I will say this, because I I don't want people to to think this is what we're referring to, more so me and Dane than than you, Joel, because we know you're sunshine and rainbows over there. Um I don't want the, so the audience to think that me and Dane are saying we did not like this movie. We're just saying the hype that has been given to this movie, as far as one of MCU's best, it definitely doesn't deserve that. But it's by, by, by no way is it Marvel's worst. 
It just, well, I me mean, personally, I won't speak. Huh? Let me ask you something. How am I yeah, with Rotten Tomatoes and my assessment on Rotten Tomatoes as a website? Well, what do I usually say about that? Well, correct. Yeah, I was just about to say that. You correct people on what it, what its actual purpose is. That it's not here to just well, say, oh, go see this movie, don't see this movie. Well, what I'm trying to say is I'm usually positive of what they do on that website. All I have right. to say is this has a 92. If Justice League, and I've said this, and I'm sorry for making a DC versus Marvel thing, but it's there and it's always going to be there. I like both companies. I stick up for both companies. I bitch at both fanboys. But... If DC's Justice League that comes out in I think three weeks, if it doesn't, if it's obviously a better movie or just on par, and it's like a ten, or if it's not even a fucking ninety, I'm gonna have a problem. I'm gonna start thinking that the critics are just looking at that those two concepts of Marvel and DC when they go into it, like it's a preconceived concept more so than I ever have in the past, and I never have. But all I'm trying to say is this got a ninety-two. I'm starting to think at least. That if DC has nothing to do with it, Marvel films, it's like, as long as they made the critic giggle a little bit, it's stuck in, in the 90s. And <laughs> not a lot of movies deserve to be in the 90s, period. Like, I, I don't like right. that about any type of concept. You know, that, that, that's top-tier echelon. That's like Pulp Fiction, Goodfellas levels. So, yeah, Juwan's right about us saying that we like the movies, but if you want to give me any crap about it, I mean, I have no problem discussing it. I just... I have my opinions, and it's not really based on any type of stupid corporate overlord of Marvel and DC that I worship at the altar of, but I'm not going to, like, lie about something. And I will say, this is not a bad movie. It was actually a fun movie. I just, it's yeah. Ragnarok. If anyone knows the Norse mythology or the, even the comic books, it's just like, uh, I hope there's a second one, because apparently Taika is hinting at that, and I definitely don't want his comedy Black Widow movie that he was alluding to, whether it was a I don't either. Sorry. Yeah. I don't well, I mean, honestly, Taika Taika showed that he should have definitely been directing Thor possibly from day one, uh, because the story yeah. wasn't bad. Uh, the only bad thing I and again I don't want to speak for either one of you, but the biggest negative that I take away from this movie is there's way too much comedy for a movie that's supposed to be driven by the death of everything. I don't want comedy yep. in the idea of it's supposed to be the death of everything. So what I'm saying is, if this movie was not called Ragnarok, if this was Thor 2, Thor of the Dark World, or Thor 1, I think I wouldn't have, the comedy wouldn't have offended me as much. But when you're giving me a movie called Thor Ragnarok, and I know the comics, that it's about the death of everything and you're kind of making light of the idea of that, and again, I didn't feel as though the stakes were as high as Ragnarok warranted them to be. I just, I, I don't know. And then the idea of him doing a Black Widow comp, like, no, man, you can't take these serious stories and try to make them jokey. Now, I, I don't think people would be receptive to Black Widow at all. And honestly, Scarlett Johansson doesn't deserve that. Because I guarantee you now, no. maybe not critics, but fans would chew her the hell out. And it wouldn't even be her fault. But you know they don't ever go at the director. They go at the actors. Um, so she doesn't Either green she grass or weed deserve it. that. Yeah, she definitely doesn't deserve that at all. Um, so we hope that that definitely is not ever a possibility for them to do something with a great character like that. Because honestly, if they were to take her character serious, 
definitely highlighting her and Hawkeye's times as, as spies, mm-hmm. you could really make something great from that. So you don't ever want to see that get ruined. Um, but how, how, did, how, did, how did you guys like him losing his eye? Because uh, now that I think about it, I'm not sure I liked it that much. But at the same time, I'm not sure how um, permanent it is. <laughs> so I'm not really sure I, how you I guys will feel say, about it. I will say this. And then I'll, I'll I'll let I'll let you go, Dan, and then Joel. I'll let you close it out since you you asked the question. Um, okay. Two things two things from this. One, if it turns out in Infinity War or Avengers Four, they fix it and give him an eye, that completely washes out what that was supposed to mean for Ragnarok. So I won't be a fan of that. Two, if they were saying he lost his eye, you know, well the idea of him losing his eye was, you know, it, he's he's now owed it pretty much. You know, right. and it's even it's even the look of Odin. He's fully become his father. If that's the idea of why the eye had to be removed, then I get it. I don't necessarily love it because it just wasn't needed, but I respect it. But if he ever gets his eye back, I'd be that I would really be against that because then you're taking away everything that him losing his eye was supposed to mean. Oh wait, before I pass it to you, Dane. I don't want to forget this. Another thing I dislike. Um, two quick things. I promise I won't take long. Um, Hella in that picture on the ceiling, holding Mjolnir. That mm-hmm. to me, to me, not speaking for anyone else, to me, completely washes away that entire first movie, where Odin was making it was making it sound like he had that hammer made for Thor. The idea of the hammer came only for Thor. Um, it was it was a weapon he he forged uh, for Thor. That whole idea was washed away. If you're telling me that Hela originally had that hammer, because then everything that you said that hammer stood for with Thor, it didn't. It wasn't even his. It was hers. You banished her, and then you just gave it to him. So to yeah. me, that bothered me a lot. That really bothered me a lot, and I completely uh. forgot what the other point was. So I, I'll pass it to you, Dane. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you on a lot of that, but we're very passionate people. Um, the look of him didn't bother me too much. I don't really prefer the short hair, but I know Unworthy Thor has that look. And I've always liked, I don't think it's canon, the uh, MCU 616, but uh, Rune King Thor, King Thor, where Odin dies and he takes over and he loses his eye. So both of those have happened somewhat in the comics. It's a combination of those two looks. And I can dig that, um, because technically Odin's dead in the MCU, so technically he's the next person in line. It's like a nod to his father. I get that. I, the one thing I'm wondering, though, that kind of goes along with that, is now, does he now just have a, electrical like powers like Raiden? Or, or eventually, is he going to get some type of staff, or the thing that he has in Worthy Thor, or another Mjornir, or something? Maybe, maybe the one from the Ultimate Universe, but they call it Mjornir Two, or some bullshit like that. Like, I'm wondering where they're going to go in that direction. But yeah, uh, Joel, I actually, I don't mind how he looks. I think he looks pretty cool. Uh, I just really prefer that I didn't have short hair, but that's what they did. Yeah, um, I also wanted to add, and I could definitely be wrong, but I thought. Unworthy Thor had long hair. No, I could have sworn think he, he had did. long hair. I um, think he did. Um, are we talking? Uh, are we I'll talking to Unworthy Thor I'm not... from the? Because I'm thinking no, he, he, uh... he has short hair. Go he has ahead, short hair. 
You sure? No, he has short hair. Yeah, I'm looking okay. Yeah, it looks now. like he has long hair I mean, early on because I'm on Google right now. Uh, it looks like he yeah, has and then it, like long hair, and then it, it starts it, he cuts long. It pretty much immediately. Right, okay, okay, right, okay. Because right. I, and, I, and I he also gets, I did see. Go ahead. No, and he also gets Yarn Bjorn in that story too. Yeah, I think Dane to to answer what you were saying, even though you kind of answered it yourself. Um, I think the point of of this was to show that the hammer was never the power. Thor was the power. So I mean, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think it'll work in Infinity War if he's just using his powers the way he did in Ragnarok. I think they're gonna whether it's when they meet Rack, Rocket Raccoon, he either has something you know, resembling a weapon that Thor could use and, and conduct himself with, or they build some, or I, or Stark builds something for him. But I don't think a large portion of that movie goes along without Thor actually having a weapon of some sort. Uh, just, I, I personally don't think it, I don't think it would look right because you're telling me the only way for him to use it effectively is to get close to Thanos. And I don't think he's going to be able to do that as easily as he thinks he can. Um, but, Joel, since you initially asked the question, did you want to add anything else before we moved on? Um, like I said, uh, I didn't know how uh, – when I first happened, I, was, I didn't know how to feel about it because that's a pretty big aesthetic change <laughs> for a, guy, a character to lose their eye. Uh, but, like, after, like, he was cleaned up and, like, at the end of the movie, he did look pretty cool with the fucking little patch. I'm like, all right, it's growing on me already, which is pretty quick. I also agree with the short hair look. I'm not a huge fan of the short hair look. I think in time, obviously, his hair will grow back, and I think he'll let it grow back. But we might get short hair thrown just for a little bit longer. I hope this does lead towards Jon Bjorn, the axe that he uses in the current comic. Um because, like, I think they teased it in those concept art that we got a couple months ago for Infinity War that we saw the hilt. We just saw the hilt of it. But it was something. He was holding something. And it might be that. It might be Yarnbjorn. I, I mean, I hope that's the case. If not, it's, it could be the the, uh, the ultimate Mjolnir. It's possible. I'm not sure. They can go in a lot of different directions. But he does need something. He looks weird without something. Uh, I do like the fact that, like I mentioned earlier, I do like the fact that he has the lightning powers now, that he is the god of thunder. But the idea of him still conducting it through a weapon for more efficiency is probably something like, especially if he wants to fly around. Because I don't, can he fly without it? You know what I mean? The point of Mjolnir's, I mean, that was one of Mjolnir's perks, I guess. So I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, it's so far it's already growing. I mean, we'll see where it goes from there. So I look forward to seeing how they, where they go with in Infinity War. Yeah, I completely agree. Yes. I wanted to ask you guys a question, actually, mm-hmm. um, in all seriousness. And I, I don't think this is necessarily a negative thing. Um, you know, I, what I'm about to say, it's like you, you look at the Joker and, and Heath Ledger's performance. He did a great job. It was a very different interpretation, but it wasn't very similar to the comic books. I want to ask mm-hmm. you guys between, you know, normally how Thor is in the MCU and in the comics, animated series, what you're used to, basically, and how he's perceived in this movie – which I think a lot of people are going to have criticism on, myself included. If you take that interpretation and you compare it to Henry Cavill's portrayal of Superman exclusively in Man of Steel, and a little bit of BVS too, but more someone that's trying to embrace his powers, which do you consider more out of character between the two? Juwan. Uh Who I think is more out of character, Hemsworth as Thor or Cavill as Superman? 
from the comics? Yeah. Oh man, I'm the horrible. I'm the worst person to ask on that because I felt as though Cavill kind. He reminded me of that Boy Scout Superman that I I, I remember. He just obviously doesn't have the build, same as as Hemsworth. Um, I always thought. I always thought the best way to utilize Hemsworth was to make him more like the ultimate Thor, the one that was the anti-government kind of conspiracy, uh, spear-drinking Thor. I thought that was the better Thor yeah. to make Hemsworth after because it fits Hemsworth. It fits who he is. Um, you know, just when you look at him, you kind of think that ultimate Thor. Uh, but they were obviously trying to blend uh, a bunch of different Thors, and that's what you know, and that's what they ended up with. Um, so I don't think he was necessarily comic accurate, but it depends on how you look at it, because you could kind of see how they were blending different. Because like I said, uh, he reminds me of what they were doing with the animated Thor from Earth's Mightiest Heroes and this new Avengers show. Uh, you know, it reminds me of that. That's what he reminds me of. So. If you count the animated world as as part of that that canon, then yeah. Um, but Henry Cavill, I wasn't a big Superman reader, but he reminds me of what of of Superman when I think of the animated movies. Uh, I don't think he's that far off from it. Uh, but like I said, uh, maybe I'm just looking at it differently. Uh, Joel, what do you think? Well, uh, I'm gonna have to lean towards Thor as the one that's more out of character because like. Henry Cavill Superman just hasn't been put in the right situations. Like, they complain that he doesn't smile enough. I'm like, some of the situations he's in, there's no time to smile. <laughs> like, it's pretty <laughs> Seriously. Gr- it's a grim, it's a grim, it's a grim, you know, reality for him most of the time. So it's like, yeah, this guy died, that got destroyed, the whole city's gone, a whole bunch of stuff like that. So for me, it's just situational with Superman. Uh, whereas with, they made a conscious effort with, uh, Hemsworth's Thor to go in this direction and it is different from what I remember in the comic books but at the same time I was never a big Thor guy in the comic books I wasn't a big anybody uh, from the Avengers like the main core Avengers they were kind of plain Jane for me most of the time especially Iron Man and, and, and Thor so I kind of appreciate this new version of especially Iron Man he, he literally like, Robert Downey Jr. gave him a personality <laughs> like he gave him something uh, something to bite whereas I don't remember him being like that in the comic books. He reinvented it. Now, Thor started off uh, Shakespearean-esque, uh, who had an attitude. It was arrogant. And then it kind of slowly um, humanized him a bit. And then like, in, like later on, you see him, he gets a little bit more humor in this thing. And now they just pushed it where he's kind of silly. <laughs> but uh, I think that's more because of the movie. The movie asked for it to be that way. And I think going forward, He'll be more humorous, but he won't be as humorous as we we see him in Thor Ragnarok. You know what I mean? So yeah, to answer your question, Thor is definitely more out of character uh, in terms of compared to his comic book counterpart. I like it. I just had to ask you guys because I think I would agree with you too. Um, I think a lot of people the reason they'll say at least about Cavill Superman is that he's very dour. I hate that freaking word uh, ever since BVS first came out, but um. Stour, he's very, very grim, you know, but I agreed with, with what Joel said. I, my, my comeback was always, I mean, in what situation in either movie that he's been in was a good, like, happy time? Like, none of them. I mean, but I get it because I think a lot of people think of the Grant Morrison, um, 
all-star Superman or, you know, based off the old school one like that, that type of, uh, I don't know. I don't know really what, uh, Christopher Reeves, basically. I, I guess that's the best, you know, example. But to yeah. me, Thor just, they made him silly. They made him like a little more jokey-jokey. I would definitely prefer his, uh, you know, the jokey version from, from Ultimate uh, Marvel and the Ultimate movies. I think that, that was actually a pretty good interpretation. But regardless, it does seem like I'm just shitting all over this movie, but I I did actually enjoy it. I'm just wondering, based on accuracy from the original comic book, which one kind of holds up more? Because I think both of them are going to be uh, argued uh, going forward. Sorry, Juan. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. That was a great question to to, to ask. Um, definitely glad you asked it. Uh, last thing Joel was saying about Ragnarok uh, that I kind of wanted to uh, segue into the the next topic. Um, we saw the ending of this movie, or at least the end credit scene, of a huge ship land not landing. I'm sorry, hovering right over uh, Thor's ship with all of Asgard. So we know or we assume from if, I don't know if many of the listeners uh, saw the leaked Infinity War trailer, uh, but we know that starts with Thor landing on the Guardian ship. So between Ragnarok and when Infinity War starts, something happened that separated Thor from uh, the people of Asgard um, and him landing on the Milano. So my question to you guys is, what are your ideas on how um, Infinity War will start in relation to how Ragnarok ended? I'll start with you, Dan. Well, I'm going to give you the short of what I would like to happen, um, and then probably what will happen is what I'm assuming. Uh, apparently that ship, and I didn't even know that, and you know, I'm a huge avid comic reader, but I don't keep up with a lot of stuff that's happened you know, within the last, like, ten years, too detailed. So apparently that ship that picked them up, and we're, we're, we're talking about this in depth, right? We, we can, you know, say whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, spoiler, motherfuckers. I mean, we've been spoiling the whole entire time, but whatever. Uh, that ship was a Thanos ship. I wish that was actually a Skrull ship, and this is going to tie a little bit in with eventually Captain Marvel um, with the Skrulls. And then we, you know, go to that at the beginning of the movie, and maybe everyone besides Thor, Thor gets out, and we don't know who's a scroll, not a scroll. Maybe just throw that in. I'm just hoping that scrolls and the Secret Invasion storyline are the next, if you will, storyline that's going to be an ultimate thread going forward with the MCU. Uh, I just think that we don't need to go for one giant big villain. You know, this should be good with Thanos. We don't have Galactus, yada, yada, yada. Um, I don't remember what we were talking about. Um, uh, oh, yeah, so, so what's probably going to happen is it's going to be Thanos' ship, they're going to take him over. Thor's going to flee. He's going to knock into the Sarah Jessica Parker, or whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> the Milano. What's <laughs> Milano? Thank you. Sorry, um, No, listen, I lo- you know I love anytime you talk scrolls because, you know, I've been saying for the longest, Nick Fury is a scroll. Uh, and I'm sure at some point they'll point He's that so out. He's still a scroll. Uh, Captain I will Marvel's not. Gonna I will not. I will not back away from that. Uh, I keep telling everyone he, be, uh, when the scroll switched his body is in Winter Soldier. When he died, Fury's actually dead, um, and a scroll used that opportunity to fill in as Nick Fury, and a scroll has been Nick Fury ever since. 
I'm remaining with that logic until I'm proven otherwise. Um, I think he's always so I love anytime. Yeah, I love anytime you bring up the scrolls because it then makes me feel even safer about it. my prediction that theory is definitely the scroll. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, Joel, so what are your thoughts on the connection between the end of Ragnarok and how either you would like Infinity War to start or how you think Infinity War is going to start? Uh, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I didn't even know that was uh, Thanos' ship, even though I guess that was a good guess. <laughs> like, I was pretty sure, and that's a huge fucking ship. <laughs> like, I'm not sure if it really is him and the, and the what do they call the black, the black hand or whatever the hell. Um, yeah, I think yeah, the black, the black order, hand. the black, the black, the, the black, black order, black dahlia, the black water dam. The Black Dolly. <laughs> Whatever. One of those. Uh, oh, it them, is a ship, by the way. I just checked it out. Okay. Uh, if it is them, then they're kind of in, into some bullshit. But my my question is, like, how does Thor end up in, in the middle of space? Because I doubt he'd run away. I'm not going to expect Thor to run away, especially with, that, with the backup that he has. So I'll make something happens in between. Like, but they, he has Asgard on a ship. That's fucking insane. That's a big fucking ship that can hold... That like that's a lot of people, and they obviously fit the ship into Thanos's ship. So they that's a huger ship. So I'm not really sure. I have no idea how like Infinity War is going to start and how he's going to end up just floating around in space. I, I just I, I I don't I'm like I'm I'm at, I'm at a loss. Um, I, I'll say this. Uh, I. I believe the best way to, to go about it, and I won't even say the best way because I by no means am trying to discredit the great job I, I hope the Russo brothers do of this Infinity War movie, but I'd assume how Thor gets separated from them is uh, when Thanos makes himself known, uh, because remember, Thor does know who Thanos is. He does not know his name, but he knows of Thanos. In the short that we got, uh, that obviously we should have paid more attention to because it let us know uh, the tone of, of Ragnarok. Um, mm-hmm. He had on his board, on his whiteboard, a picture of Thanos, obviously not a clear one. It was like a crayon-drawn one. Uh, the Purple with, Man. With the ga- right, the Purple Man. So when he sees him, he will know that it is Thanos and that he is the immediate danger. Um, so it's not like when he sees him, he's not going to know who he is, and then, you know, they have to have this huge, long conversation. So I think when he sees them, he tells um, Valkyrie and the group to go on without him, and he obviously tries to figure out a way to stop Thanos himself, into which he barely escapes, flies off into the, the outers of space, and then happens to just land on the Milano. That is the best logical way I would think of how they're going to try to connect that, mainly because the connective tissue is Thor is the only person, well, besides the Guardians, I'm sorry, that knows exactly who Thanos is and the danger that he brings. So it makes perfect sense that Thor lands on the Milano, maybe even brings up Thanos' name for Gamora to go, how do you know that name? And then for them to go, okay, well, we need to go to Earth and let them know what's coming. Um, so I could definitely see that being how those two stories mm-hmm. connect. That makes sense. That um, makes sense. I, that, that's the best thing I could think of. Uh, but who knows? Um, I, I will like also it. Ask you guys, I will also ask you guys this. It was asked of me yesterday, and I still have no answer to it. 
um, unless we see it in Black Panther, which I highly doubt. Actually, I take that back. I don't highly doubt it. I just doubt it. Where do you think we will see the last Infinity Stone? I'll start with you, Joel. Um, according to Kanan, it's Black Panther. <laughs> but I don't know how confident I am in that. But everyone keeps saying, I mean, he keeps saying it is. So um, it's possible that it's in Black Panther. Um, but what is it? Soul Stone, right? I believe. Yep, um, it's the Soul Gem. I thought it would, yeah, I thought it might be in um, Thor Ragnarok, obviously. But obviously that's not the case. So it's like now it's a matter of where it could show up. And the next movie is Black Panther. So if it's not there, then it's probably going to be in, obviously just an Infinity War. First time seeing it, it's going to be an Infinity War. It's just a matter of who has it, where it's at in the movie. Um, and I have no clue, really. <laughs> That's just another yeah. thing. I just have no idea. You know? Yeah. Listen, man, I'm completely with you. I know it was heavily speculated that Hemdale had the yeah. final Infinity Stone. It was in his, right. his, his, his chest, his armor, or something like that. Uh, someone right. was asking That's me... That's what I was thinking. Uh, someone was asking me, is Hemdale's eyes the stone? And I'm like, no, because if Hemdale <laughs> knew he had the stone, he would have told Thor, like, oh, yeah, I have the stone. Because Thor is looking for the stone. So if the stone was sitting right in front of him, he wouldn't be carelessly looking for the rest of these stones. He would go, okay, well, we have two, one in the vault, one in Hemdale's head. You know, so that's two. We just need the other three. So, no, it, I don't think it's. I don't think Hemdale knows if he does have it that it's an infinity stone um, or even the, the dangers of it. Um, Dane, same question to you. Well, the thing about it is it's probably in Black Panther. Um, you know, Ken's probably right because he's good with that type of shit, so I'm going to believe him. But part of me mm-hmm. wants to think that we have already seen this infinity stone. It's kind of like they might have not known about this and then thought about it later. But I feel like we have seen it. We know what it is. We just not have made the connection. I know that's vague as hell. But at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. maybe it will be one of the first things they go after. Or Thanos. Because apparently, uh, aside from it being vignettes, kind of like an episode of Game of Thrones, uh, you know, with different groups obviously going after, you know, kind of stranger things. Same type of building like that. Um, mm-hmm. Thanos at the beginning, it's going to be somewhat of a heist film is what uh, the Russo brothers have said. So he's going to be going and plucking some of these. So that one that we are missing could be at the beginning. And for some reason, I I think that we've seen it. We just did not even think that that could be it. Um, But I have no idea what that could be. So that's very, very So wait, now I have a question because now that you brought that up. um, It's all right. So basically, if that is Thanos' ship and Loki has the fucking Tesseract, that means maybe the first yep. stone he gets is the, the, the whatever stone that one is. Because I, I always forget which one's with. Um, the space oh, gem or whatever that one is. Yeah, I forget which yeah. one that one is. <laughs> it's space. Um, it's the, the space gem or, or something like that. It's, or the, right. so, it's something along those lines. And Loki knows who Thanos is because that's how the whole thing with the Avengers was. <laughs> like he used, Thanos gave him that army to, to attack Earth. So they have a history. Right. So, like, I mean, that's that. Now that that makes the big that at least their interaction more interesting. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now, now I I'm starting to put it together. Now we have an idea of what stone might be used first. How they might get out of whatever issue they are. Obviously, Loki and Thanos have some history. 
So maybe he'll weasel his way in and out of that, or who knows? Uh, is like is Loki going to be against or for Thanos? You know what I mean? That that's really what it comes down to too. So that's that's a huge that's a huge point you bring up because remember Thanos is not happy with Loki. That's why right. Loki uh, was lucky that Thor took him to Asgard and he was protected there. Uh, so it's not going to be a, hey, man, what's going on? It's been a while. No, <laughs> Thanos will probably try to strangle his life out, and the bargaining yeah. chip Loki will have is giving him the, uh, the, um, the cosmic cube, which has the stone. And he lost one of his so, gems because that, that, there was a gem in his staff that he got from Thanos too. Yes, absolutely, yes. Yep. So Thanos, Thanos uh, will put up with Loki um, for the sake of the stone, but it'll it'll definitely not be a happy reunion. I can promise you that uh, Thanos right. will be looking to to deal with Loki, especially for wiping out, uh, for being responsible for uh, the wiping out of most of his uh, his troops. Um, so yeah, I will say this: uh, you both brought it up, and not discrediting Kanan at all, because we know he's he's good at getting us that that information. I really hope the stone is is not in Black Panther, um, mainly because there's a reason why you didn't put it in Spider-Man, Guardians Two, or Ragnarok. You wanted those movies to be their own thing and not have to worry about the pressure of Infinity War. So the exactly. fact that this Black Panther movie is so important for the MCU. I do not want any conversation of Infinity War as far as it being as blatant as someone having the stone or you seeing Thanos come get the stones. I want Black Panther to be a Black Panther movie that might have an, an end credit scene that teases something, but I hope it's mm-hmm. not as it's not a gem. I hope we see Thanos get that last gem in Infinity War. Um, I hope the end credit scene of Black Panther has something to do with either waking Bucky up or, um, you know, him finding out where Cap is or something along those lines. I just need Black Panther to be its own movie and not have to – because a lot of people are depending on the stone to be in it now that it wasn't in Thor because that's the very last movie before Infinity War. So you Mm -hmm. already have all that pressure on it to be good, to be, you know, to be the connective tissue – there's just too much pressure on it. I just want it to be its own thing, be really good at being its own thing, and leave the Infinity Stone talk for um, for Infinity War. I just think that's putting way too much on the shoulders of Black Panther when this movie right. just needs to be its own thing for so many different reasons. I don't mind Ooh, leaving it for me. Infinity War, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially when the Russo brothers are saying it's going to be a heist movie, yeah then leave the mystery of where that stone is to be solved in, uh, in the actual Infinity War movie. I mean, that mm-hmm. just makes the most sense. Um, but let's move on to our last two topics uh, before we wrap this up. Um, now that we've had Guardians 2, Homecoming, and now Ragnarok as the three MCU movies of the year, I will ask you not to rank them, not to order them, just what was the best movie of the year between those three? Not not including Logan or anything else. Spider-Man Homecoming, Guardians 2, or Thor Ragnarok. Dan, I'll start with you. What was the better movie out of the three of them? Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
I would actually <laughs> definitely have to give that to Homecoming. Um, that is probably six on my top ten. I've thought about my top ten as of recently. Uh, I got to think about it. Thor Ragnarok might be, might be ten, and that's not knocking it. But uh, if I'm right, I think that's where it probably lays. But I loved Homecoming. I thought it was a really well done movie. It reminded me of a lot of I don't know, like, you know, coming-of-age movies, especially 80s style, obviously. It had that, that flavor to it. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. I love Spider-Man. He's my second favorite character in comic books after Batman. Yeah, I'm a real original, yeah, I know. Um, but I'm the same way, man. It's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, most people are. They're the two best fucking characters. Sorry, Superman fans. It's not you guys. Uh-oh, I hope Jonas doesn't <laughs> listen to this. I love Superman. Um but uh, seriously, uh, yeah, I, Thor Ragnarok was fun. Spider-Man just was a different level. Uh, that's what I always look for. You know, I don't look for too much, but I look for something to actually take me on a ride that's not just a roller coaster. It's more of like, I don't know, like a fucking weird one to get in my mind and stuff. Uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. But, yeah, to answer your question, Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Joel, same question. Uh, I think it's... it's... It's a very tough question. I enjoyed all three. I had fun with all three. Um, but I, I have a personal bias. <laughs> I love Spider-Man. Spider-Man Homecoming was really fucking great to me. Um, I loved Spider-Man Homecoming. I, can, I don't know if I can say I loved Thor Ragnarok. I, li- I mean, I really enjoyed it and I really liked it. But I don't know if I loved it like I loved Spider-Man Homecoming. So I'm going to go with Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, yeah. Uh if this was a uh, correct answer kind of question, I would say you guys had the uh, the best answer because me personally, uh, I pick homecoming what? because if I have to if I have to go through the negatives of any of the three movies, that's the only one that I left with very little to almost no negatives about it. Uh, I don't think there were really anything that I complained about homecoming uh, when we reviewed it. Uh, go- as I told you guys, the best thing of that movie to me was the end credit scenes. Uh, I did not enjoy wow. any of that oh. movie. I really didn't. Um, and yeah, Thor I Ragnarok, like I, yeah, well, we know that, Joel. No, yeah, uh, I enjoyed good. Thor Ragnarok. Uh, and as I stated before, those visuals were so freaking awesome. I enjoyed the movie a lot. Uh, I agree with Dane. I think it's more so top 10 or at least 11. Uh, but that's not a bad thing, because like I said, it's not the worst MCU movie uh, by any chance. So, it, you know, it's not horrible. It just, I don't know if I could say it'd ever be in my top five or even, you know, if I want to extend it to that six. Um, but, yeah, Homecoming is definitely up there as far as possible top five. I definitely agree with what you said on that, Dane, maybe even number six, uh, just because of how really good that movie was and how... Tom Holland, man, that's my Spider-Man. That's the Spider-Man I've been wanting for forever. And I was telling someone the other day who was telling me that, you know, well, Tobey Maguire wasn't horrible, uh, you know, in his portrayal as as Spider-Man. I look at it like this with Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. He was a really good Peter Parker. I was not in love with his Spider-Man. Same way as uh, we were just saying the other day, Dane. Uh, we were just saying this the other day, Dane. Christian Bale uh, was a really good Bruce Wayne. I was not in love with mm-hmm. Batman. So Me when neither. you get someone like Tom Holland and Ben Affleck, 
who's a really good Bruce Wayne and a really good Batman and a really good Peter Parker and a really good Spider-Man, you obviously you know it's a good example because they're more complete. Okay, most people can say that Michael Keaton's Batman was an excellent Batman. Bruce Wayne, meh. Christian Bale, another one that's highly up there. Great Bruce Wayne, Batman, meh. Now, when you look at the Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, usually everyone says he was a great Peter Parker, varying character. Spider-Man was okay. Andrew Garfield, really good-looking skateboarder, but his Spider-Man was talking shit. I think Ben Affleck's Batman and also Tom Holland's Spider-Man is a good equivalent of everything all around, even if they maybe not might be the same level of acting or anything like that. They're still just equally just like, you know, they get it. They get it. That's all I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. They get it, and yeah, their directors get get how accurate, uh, you know, that we've wanted to see these characters, and they've given us possibly the two most accurate uh, portrayals of a superhero um, in oh, recent memory that I can think of. Yeah, they did. They did. I felt like the two directors of, of, of those characters were like, all right. Like, I feel as though Zack Snyder's always loved Batman. And it shows he either that Batman. or he just either that or mm-hmm. when he was uh, writing for the character, he talked to a lot of people that love Batman, <laughs> and that's how well, he got. He's also uh, admitted to loving Batman, like that's his favorite mainstream comic character. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. He's, he's I mean, and why not? <laughs> and why not? He's a damn great one. Um, but yeah, I mean, even uh, John Watts uh, in his in his um, writing of of. Uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man because my favorite Spider-Man comic is the ultimate so I I just that's that's what I get the feeling of every time I see Tom Holland as Spider-Man and it brings me back to how much I love the ultimate run Uh, I told you guys the perfect scenario for me is the idea of him being attacked in school and he has to defend himself as Peter Parker without giving away that he has superpowers that just to me has always been the most fun idea of a young Spider-Man. Um, but we won't get too deep in, in, in into other MCU we're getting sweaty. and stuff like that. Yeah, we're getting way too sweaty. Even though, by the way, just want to point this out here, uh, for whatever the Spider-Man 2 movie is, if you guys ever develop a Green Goblin, I need him to be the actual Goblin, not a guy on a glider. Just putting that out there. Um, let's make it happen. Let's make right, it happen. Let's, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's talk it into existence, Joel. Um, all right, Please. let's get into the last topic of tonight uh, before we uh, before I send it to Dane to wrap it up. Last topic is, guys, one out of ten. We got to rate it. We got to rate it. Joel, putting putting the pressure on you early, man. One out of okay. ten. What rating are you giving Thor Ragnarok? Uh, this morning I had it at around seven and a half. But, like, after thinking about it, uh, I, I'm going to go with an eight. <laughs> like, I, I actually really – I thought about it and I smiled a lot as I thought about it. So, I really liked it. So, an eight for me. Rich. Yeah. No, and listen, I, I get that because you, you've been very vocal on how much you've enjoyed this film. So, that's not that shocking. Um, you didn't come out with something insane like 10 out of 10. So, I, I definitely no. understand your, uh, your, your rating of it. Dang, oh, I only you? got that close once. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I understand. I'm saving that 10 out of 10 for uh, when Ben Affleck solo comes out. That's, I'm reserving that <laughs> 10 hope. out of 10 for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Like, I'm, I'm just going to hold out hope. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dane, what is your rating for Ragnarok? Uh, you know, I'm going to give it a seven. I think seven's a solid number for it. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a seven. All right. Seven's a really good number. I'm at seven and a half. Um, I've been I've been sitting at seven and a half, uh, seven and seven and a half uh, for a while. But what drives it to that seven and a half for me was just the visuals and the action kind of, to me, outweighed the, the, neg- the negative of the, um, the, the way too much comedy. I enjoyed the action and the visuals so much that I think a seven and a half is reasonable uh, for this movie. I definitely don't get how these critics are giving it 10 out of 10s and that. I don't get that. But I think the numbers that we gave tonight are all very reasonable. None of them are a wild or, or way out there. I think a seven, seven and a half, and I think, Joel, you said an eight, right? Yeah, those are all perfectly uh, reasonable. But I'm going to kick it to you, Dane, to close this out, man. If you guys had anything else to, that you wanted to say to, to close it up uh, before Dane gives the official uh, wrap-up, floor is yours. Um, Joel, do you have anything to say? Um, Bill Ragnarok was fun. You should definitely watch it. I, I still recommend it. Uh, you definitely got to check it out. It was, a, it was a hell of a time. I agree. I will probably see it once it comes out on video. But, you know, it's expensive <laughs> to go see tickets, and there's two big ones coming up pretty soon. And I still haven't seen yeah. Guardians 2 outside of theaters, and I don't plan on. <laughs> well, anyways, it's been a fun night reviewing a great movie from Marvel, and uh, Thor Ragnarok was a lot of fun. It was like an acid trip, but you didn't even have to be on acid to enjoy it. And uh, I hope everyone had a great time listening to us. Uh, check out our show Sunday night, uh, Geek Vibes Live. It's at 8 o'clock. We're going to be talking about maybe a little bit of Thor Ragnarok, but mostly movie news. Um, we're going to have a fresh uh, Geek TV show next week on Fridays at 8 o'clock. i got Wrestling Geeks Alliance. on. Oh, now it's Thursdays from 7 until 9. And we also have Full Court Press on at Wednesdays now from 8 until I don't know because I, I have no idea. But it's a lot of nine, stuff. 9 to 11. <laughs> it's, it's, actually, it's actually 9 to 11. All right, well, I screwed all that up. But it doesn't matter. What matters is you guys <laughs> checking it out, going on YouTube, uh, liking us, adding us, going on Facebook. Be a part of the conversation. Be a part of the sensation. Comment. And, uh, Word. Comment. Let us know what you think about everything. You know, and keep on listening to us on iTunes, mm-hmm. Blog Talk Radio. Did you obviously. like the movie? And if you like the movie, I'm not getting these ideas from Joel because he keeps on saying stuff. I'm. This is just naturally coming out <laughs> my fucking my dome. But uh, if you like the movie, let us know. There's a post that's a link to this. Use that as a way to talk to us. It's a lot of fun. Rick, did I get all the basics? Give me a wubba lubba dub dub if I did. Wubba lubba dub dub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, that drunk piece of shit. All right, well, if that's the case, then I guess the best thing to say to you guys is to have a good night. I'm going to listen to a nice little jam. Peace out, mofos.